I did not slowly work myself back into having <laughs> caffeine in my system. Oh, man. Went straight from the 7 a.m. mass to a cheap cup of coffee to uh, an energy drink to... Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, no, it was it was a horrible decision. Um, and then went over to my folks' place before heading to our aunt and uncle's for Easter on Easter Sunday. And they knew I had given up caffeine... And so, like, they had, uh, like, when I texted them that I was getting ready to head their way, they started another pot of coffee for me. Nice. Like, all right. And it was great because it was um, uh, the one of our three-pound bags that I had bought when mm-hmm. I was staying with them that, like, I had left there. And so it was, like, some of our coffee from a couple oh, months wow. ago, but still, like, holding up fairly well. And I was like, oh, Awesome. But I, this is not my first caffeine of my Easter Sunday. And so, like, downing it. Fortunately, it's not like they set the pot of coffee up for me. Like, they had some, right. too. So it's not me just, like, oh, right. chugging the 12 cups of uh, oh, coffee or man. anything. But, yeah, so, no, wait, you had the energy a... drink bef- before even getting to your parents? Yeah. I had to stop for <laughs> gas. I had to stop for gas, man. Oh, no. Yeah, it was it was horrific. I didn't oh, know that there so was going to be bad. a pot of it is. I didn't know there was going to be a pot of coffee for me at my folks' place. And I knew that there were going to be a bunch of little kids running around. Yeah. And that I was going to want energy. And that I was going that's, to eat myself into a food coma. So it was like, it was literally just a series of me doing things designed to shorten my life. <laughs> um, yeah, but with good intentions. Uh, I mean, look, yeah, I, I, appreciate you, I appreciate you giving me the benefit of the doubt. Um Claiming any kind of intention behind my decision making, probably, probably more generous than I deserve. But I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, with that, let's hit an intro and jump into it. Welcome to the podcast, Blue Collar Scholars. Not long ago, a group of brilliant minds met together at a pub to discuss their unfinished works. They recognized the value of coming together around delicious beverages and having meaningful conversations. That group was known as the Inklings. The Inkle Do Podcast here, we're working to be the second iteration of that group. So, pour yourself a craft beverage, pull up a chair, and join the conversation. Okay, you have, uh, well, you've obviously had some coffee. and Yeah, but nothing, I mean, like, ours was, it was still good, but it mm-hmm. wasn't fresh. Yeah. Uh, and we've talked about our coffee. Yep, and I'm um, sure they have an old school coffee pot, too, with, like, the burner on the bottom, like, the glass yep. carafe and the burner on the bottom. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yep. it's... That makes it hadn't coffee. been it hadn't been sitting on it for long because yeah. it's not that long of a drive for me from uh, where I'm at to their spot. But um, yeah, it was it was all right. Like it yeah. was good. Sure, sure. But anything more no, interesting? Uh, the more interesting thing and I, I mentioned it before, but like I had some more of the uh, ballast point hazy sculpin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's that's just a rock solid beer. I yeah. mean, it is. Um, I don't know. It it has, it has a lot more of the kind of citrusy notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I kind of wanted to say like grapefruit flavor, except for the fact that they've got the sculpin grapefruit, which like that's what grapefruit is, and it was yeah. good. But like it, it's still it's it's like that. It's not an orange juice citrus no. brightness on it or anything. Uh, it's hard to separate it because a grapefruit is tends to be a bit more bitter or yeah. more on the bitter side. So when you have citrus and bitterness of hops, like you think 
grapefruit, like or I yeah. do anyway. Like that no, makes a hundred percent. And yeah, so it is. It, but it's uh, I I do like the fact that it it's got kind of those like strong present fruit notes without it being juicy. You mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. I every now and then I'll have one that does have like the, it feels like there's actual like juice was part of the equation for making this beer. Yeah, and some of those are nice, but those are going to be things that like I'll have one over the course of a day and be like, oh yeah, that yeah. was a nice refreshing change of pace. It's like an Arnold Palmer or one of those. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know uh, the John Daly. Um, yeah. Which actually, in retrospect, that's probably a. I mean, I know they are actually called that, but considering the guy has had a lifelong battle with alcoholism, calling it that's probably not the Just, the most generous move I could make. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Happy Easter. <laughs> Jesus is risen, and I'm just digging the hole for me to bury myself in. <sighs> oh, that's all right. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I'll I'll return to favor and Put my foot in my mouth by the end of this show for sure. <laughs> Counting it's, on you, brother. It's just one Counting of those. On you. It's one of those things. If there's one thing that's reliable. Um. Yeah. No. <laughs> I. Uh, am I certain? I haven't had much in anything new on the beer front. I, we did find a wine that we really liked, or a wine. Mm. I say, well, a wine brand really. So it's called WTF, <laughs> but it's wine till Friday. And so, like on the label, it's actually okay. it's actually designed for a weeknight wine. They're like, this is the wine that you drink on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, before you go have something really nice on Friday night. And I was like, I love that you're actually advertising that you're not trying to be the best wine in the market. Like this, you're selling me a weeknight wine. You're you're claiming you're recognizing and claiming your niche. Yeah, and it's exactly what we want. And Sprouts had it on sale for like five dollars off. So I, I think they came out to like eight dollars a bottle with five dollars off. Okay. And uh, boy, they're solid. They're super good. You know, it's kind of like like what we are trying to do with our coffee, where it's something that's super accessible, but has a strong flavor note has a strong finish, has a strong body, like has all of the things there, but at a price that you can play in, you know, like, like it is, it was so good. So like, if you see it at Sprouts, it's on sale, man, I would grab one up like the red blend. It's, they got the, you know, the cherry with the vanilla and the oak, you know, like all of the like really solid red wine flavors. And like, we've just been, I think we've gone through like, four or five bottles just like on this not like not like over the weekend you know but yeah yeah yeah. but like uh throughout the sale they've been on sale for you know like the month or something like that and every time we we're in there we're like okay stock up on a few more nice yeah yeah so it's an elevated daily drinker yeah man because i mean we've we've drank some stinkers because we're cheap (laughs) you know so it was nice to have one that didn't suck for a little while like it's it was good (laughs) was good so so yeah that's that's about the most interesting thing for us fair enough man like that sounds good though that's and again like there's also something to the fact that like especially 
you know, so for me who doesn't drink a whole lot of wine, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I need because mm-hmm. I need something that'll allow me to build the palate without me like hating yes. my life while I'm doing it. Yes. Because, you know, I've got friends who like really good wine and I can drink it and be like, oh, that that's good. And right. That's as far as my analysis. I can't tell be. you why, but I like, like it. You know, this, yeah. this was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you probably could have given me something at a quarter of the cost and you would know. That I was drinking something that was cheap and not as good. Yep. And I'd be like, ah, this is good. Because yeah. I'm still only tasting like the one or two yep. main kind of headliner notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm st- I'm still in that area. I think that's just kind of where I like to live, to be honest with you. Like, I've gotten to that point. Like, I got bougie and beer and then, like, you know, it's a pendulum swing. Every time you go into sure. something, you're like, oh, no, only the best. And then you're like, oh, no, I, I'll try the cheap stuff you're like oh no the cheap stuff is awful and then there's like the sweet spot of just like where your where your normal is and you where you like yeah. where you like to live well and in drinking the like super high level stuff i still enjoy like even with sure you know, beer is probably the one that i do that the most with but it's one of those things like it's exhausting to do it every time right it's like living on vacation you can't do it like it I yeah would, i would be exhausted well and it it is. It's kind of one of those things where it's like what makes vacation wonderful is the fact that it's the opportunity to do something different. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if I'm drinking a really good beer, like I love Belgians, the doubles, the triples, mm-hmm. the quads, love them all. But I'm only going to drink one, maybe, you know, a couple, uh, three or four times a year. Right. I'll bust it out for a special occasion. Because I know it's really good, and I feel like I have an obligation to, like, notice and appreciate everything that's gone into it. Whereas when I'm drinking something, you know, like the the Ballast Points, it's like, you know what? They've got, like, three really good things in here. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a few others, but they don't care if I notice, and so neither do I. Right. I'm going to drink this, notice it's tasty, and move on with my day. And be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... Kind of where it's, it's, I've gotten to that point, I think. And I think everybody has to go through it and you have to, it's really interesting the way anytime you try something new, you get all crazy about it and then you come mm-hmm. back and then you find the spot in the middle to where you're like, oh, oh well. All right. Okay. So even though we are wearing all of the same colors and I'm going to be making a sports analogy, like we didn't plan on this looking like a team effort here, but like, no. It works out, you know, I'll take yeah, it. I ain't mad about it. But. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, but so on my my journey to continue trying to understand what stewardship is and uh, and how that plays out, because it's something that my brain doesn't process. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, I I get it because I've done it, right? Sure. So, like, I, I used to tell my boss at work that, like, I was the – the best number two right like i was the number two that all the managers wanted because i didn't take any glory like i don't talk right like i don't chitter chatter so like the manager can go take all the credit for all of my hard work and they did every time um but like i don't said with no bitterness whatsoever (laughs) i know uh it it actually doesn't bother me at all but but they you know like that's one of the things that i've always done is like they set these things up and then like i can go knock them down for it you know and but then, like, when it comes to, you know, 
trying to be a, a good steward for the kingdom of God, I'm like, I don't know how to do that outside of my own selfishness, right? And so like separating my selfishness from stewardship has been really, really difficult for me. And so the best analogy, I came up with this analogy, you know, when I was watching, I, I think I was watching ASU lose in the, in the basketball tournament, which, I, you know, I mean, that's how it goes. Like we usually get in, we usually lose, name the sport. That's pretty much how it goes. Like yeah. it was nice Arizona to get in. a sports fan and this is how things go. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, we're all familiar with the, with the cycle that we go through. But I, I was connecting the dots. I was like, I, I wasn't like sat like ups like legitimately upset, but I was like, I was bummed because the you're almost like missing out on the energy and the fun yes. and having something to watch for a long period of time and being really engaged in. And so I felt this kind of, I guess we'll call it, you know, let's call it bummed out because I'm not going to call it actual sadness, but like, right. So I was feeling this bummed out. And I was like, ah, I think that's that might be the best understanding I'm coming to on stewardship is that it's like, I didn't do anything on the basketball court, right? Like I have no claim to it. Like, why am I upset? I didn't get beat. Like I didn't have, I didn't lose. I didn't win. Like I didn't do anything to contribute. Like I didn't even go to a game and cheer, you know, like I wore a t-shirt with maroon and gold on it. And then I I'm claiming some sort of association with them. And that's kind of the, analogy that I'm coming to is that they're the sports analogy, like the team analogy. Whereas, you know, like there's people that get mad and argue about teams and you're like, wait a second, like neither one of you have ever played for them. Like you are not part of the team. Like, why are you so angry? But it, there's this really strong association that their wins are my wins. Their losses are my losses. Their mm -hmm. good moves are my good moves. And, um, I'm, I'm starting to think that, might be the best or the way that I can figure it out. I'm not sure. So I wanted to run it by you, see your thoughts, see how to figure out how to keep trying to get this, my hands wrapped around what it means to be a, a good steward. Yeah, I think, I think there's something there, um, you know, and I'm going to try not to just like full on chase the, the rabbit trails of the sports analogies because you know, sports analogies and food analogies are kind of the only ones I've got. Yeah, so I was like, I'm okay that, with that. It. Like, that means we, but the problem is that means we have instantly allowed it to become a conversation about literally anything I've ever experienced <laughs> because those are the two ways I describe everything I've ever experienced. Um, but I think there is something to it. I think fundamentally, um, one of the hard things is, uh, and this goes back even before you started talking about the analogy, but like, the other comparison for like your role as like a lower level manager, like the, mm -hmm. the, the second in command, um, people talk about church and, and faith in corporate terms. And on a certain level, it absolutely makes sense. It yeah. is corporate in the sense that we are a corpus, a body. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're working together. We're right. It, it's, it's not a, it's not a zero sum game unless we're talking about like how it works for the entirety of creation. Um, but the problem with it is in spite of the truth that's there to it in America, especially, or at least I guess I can't say, especially I really only know American mm, culture, Yeah, but sure. 
like in America, there is this really strong thing where we have a tendency to we're more familiar with capitalism than we are with our own faith, even mm. when we're talking about like our own personal faith journey. Yeah. And so the the terms that we use and the, the way we talk about things tends to become more like capitalist rather than, you know, faith as like our primary understanding. And so we do things mm. where all of a sudden things are buzzwords. That, that was a really long path to get here. But I think that's part of the problem with trying to pin down what stewardship means is that stewardship is it, it's like any of the office culture catchphrases that has popped up and you've had a hundred different bosses say it and they all actually mean something different by it yeah. when they bring it up. And so it's like, okay, cool. You've used that uh, word yeah. and I, I know that word, but I don't know what you mean by that word. I know what the last guy meant. And stewardship can kind of have that same thing where like I sometimes, agree with that. Sometimes when they talk about stewardship, they mean are you giving money? Which totally mm-hmm. fair. That's a legitimate part of stewardship. Sometimes yeah. when they talk about stewardship, they're talking about, you know, the time, talent, and treasure, that whole like three piece set of basically this idea of evaluating the gifts God has given you and are you using them selfishly or are you using them for the kingdom and for others and again it's not really like one of them is right or wrong like they can all kind of be true but that's where using the same word for it leads us to problems and confusion yeah i I definitely think that's true because it you know i'm i have a picture in my mind like an old school you know the steward of Gondor, you know, like the, you know, yes. like the, the steward, like that, like it's a, it's a real thing. And you're right. We have kind of taken the meaning out of the word. Uh, I think maybe a little bit just by a kind of capriciously applying it to all kinds of random things. Well, and, and, and it just gets used so often that mm-hmm. it's like, it's hard for it to still be impactful. Because it makes sense. I mean, it's the right word to you. It's like love, yes. you know, like it's like one of those things where like, yes, that is the correct thing to talk about. Stewardship in the kingdom of God. That is what we're called to. And so you're going to use it a lot. But it's like Jesus loves you. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, because like we've taken away from it. Well, and again, it, exactly with that parallel, the idea of, you know, Jesus loves you. The first time you're told that. That's the thing that can like hit your chest like someone swung a sledgehammer at you. But over the course of a lifetime in the church, it's kind of one of those things where every now and then it hits. Mm-hmm. But it's more of a shotgun than a sniper approach on yeah. things where it's like you hear it so often that every now and then you're just by almost it's not actually by random chance, but from our perspective, it feels like it. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that this particular day, everything lined up where I was prepared to hear that statement and let it actually hit me. Yeah. But most of the time it's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I know. Jesus loves me. Cool. Awesome. Whatever. Yeah. And I think the, the, the sports analogy for stewardship is really, it can be really helpful from the perspective, uh, almost though to me, like I, when you're talking about it, I'm almost like looking at it kind of almost the opposite way. Like okay. when we're talking about the idea of stewardship, instead of us being the fans who are like, claiming being a part of something. It's more like that idea of like, we're kind of the athletes 
who have a pseudo responsibility to these people who we're not actually connected with. You know, the, the whole Charles Barkley, like, I'm not a role model thing. Mm-hmm. Chuck, you are. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. that. maybe you shouldn't be. Fair enough, but you <laughs> are. Like, and, you know, you became famous because of your skill at this goofy game where you chuck a ball through a hoop. Yeah. But it, the responsibility is still real. And in the same way, it's like, you know, I, I'm not a saint. People shouldn't be looking to me. Oh, but... But I am. I'm, I'm part of the church. I'm part of the team. Am I using these things in a way that's bringing people where they need to go mm. or not? Um, on the flip side of it, though, like I also definitely see it like us in the stands as well, where it's like, for the most part, anything good that's happening, it's happening because God's doing it. Yeah. And like, I don't get to claim credit for God's work. Well, yeah, no, I like I like where you're going there. There's something I want to jump back to, but I want to comment on this. I'm kind of like swirling here for a minute, but like that's super interesting on being the player versus because my thing was the association, you know, the like claiming because like you said, God is the one that's doing it. And so like we act in a, we want to act in a way that celebrate, like, like if something good happens for the church, we want to celebrate it. Like we want to be in that disposition to where like yeah. God's wins are our wins because like, what are we going to go win? Like, we're not going to go yeah. win anything. You're like participating in something kind of like your chair. Like God is the one playing this game and we're cheering and participate. Like we're participating, but it's kind of like a cheerleader is participating in the game mm. more than mm-hmm. the, you know what I mean? Because it's, yeah, but you're but i also like the idea that there's a level of autonomy like you're not in charge but like you're making decisions you're doing these things you're practicing your skills you're executing your your will within the field of play type of a thing but like then i'm like okay well where's my playbook man like <laughs> like Ooh. why why aren't i getting this call that says you know <laughs> omaha 32 right running. like oh Yes, now I know what to do. We we haven't had the practices where we're like, like, honestly, this thing just happened in my head where, you know, again, Arizona sports fans, we've got one team that's at least still competing. Yes. Uh, But like, there is kind of, there's a basketball analogy that I want to kind of run with and see where it gets me. Okay, let's do it. But, you know, so like on a basketball team, you've got five guys on the court together, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm going to go ahead and use the Suns as an, as an example. There are five guys out there. And there are three of them. Trinity. Eh, eh, mm-hmm. eh. We've got three of them with like <laughs> Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. Who's like, these are the guys who are going to be running the show. Yep. Ultimately, if our when our team succeeds, it is primarily because of those three. Right. However, every now and then I get to be Josh Akogi. Yeah, I, I get to be that guy who like I have to like watch what they're doing. I've got to respond to it. I've got to be in position so that when they kick me the ball, I'm prepared to do something with it. Mm. I, I've got my role mm. to play like the victory. If the Suns win the championship this year, big if if the Suns win the championship this year, Josh Kogi is not going to be the finals MVP. Right. Right. Like, you know, and so they're. It's kind of one of those things where, like, we are, mm. 
invited into that participation. God is who we're orbiting around. Like he's the one who is making things happen, but out of his love for us and his desire for us to participate, we do get to in meaningful ways. But we're not the ones calling plays. There's not even, we don't always even necessarily know what the play is. You know, in that same way that like, Chris Paul seems to, well, or like that idea of like my job is to figure out like, okay, cool. I'm going to try and come over here. And if this is where I'm supposed to be, I know Chris Paul knows basketball well enough that if me being here is advantageous, the ball is going to come flying to me. And so I need to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not necessarily a set play. Mm. Um, Man, I, I like this. It's frustrating me though, <laughs> because it's going along a lot of with like, so like some of the things that my, my mentor is kind of working on is he's like, dude, you know, a lot of things. Now you need to do stuff like, like you're just sitting there thinking and talking and you need to go do like, and I was like, well, what am I supposed to go do? He's like, just like relationships. Like his answer is always the same. It's like, just talk to people. Like, just like interact, like just be you out there. Like just go do something as yourself. And I'm like, it's not that simple. It can't be that simple. And so it's infuriating to me. Because he just kind of lives out this like, like hit the way that he lives it out, is, it's in kind of inspiring. Which is one of the reasons why I, I wanted to be yeah. mentored by him by so much is that it's just, it's just him, being him to everybody that he interacts with all the time. That's all. That's like all it is. And then I'm sitting here going like it. It can't be just that, right? Well, like. And you're you're partially right. Like, it's not just that. But it is that. Like, the, the thing is, you've chosen to go to him as a mentor because this is a thing he's been doing for a long time. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he's been doing it this way, which means he's had the experiences of going out and doing something and it being not the thing. Right. It was just a thing. And now he knows. And then he's found these other things where it's like, you know what? I know what it feels like when I'm where I'm supposed to be. And it's this right now, at least. And it'll be something else later. But I know that this is where I'm supposed to be. And so, like. We sk- we started off talking about ASU. We jumped up to the NBA, but let's be honest: we've both coached junior high basketball teams, mm-hmm. and that's more the level we're at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, like that. That's what it is. Is it's like, you know, when you the the hard part, uh, the exciting thing about coaching junior high kids in a sport is that they know nothing, mm-hmm. and so like every single day they are learning a thing, and the chances of seeing dramatic growth in a short season are pretty significant because, well, when you're starting off as a seed, the each individual leaf coming up on the plant is really exciting. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of, to a certain extent, where we're at. Is like, it looks like it's just that for him because we haven't seen 
the soil get tilled. You haven't seen the seed planted. You haven't seen the water and the sun and the storms that it's gone through to get to this point. It's you're seeing the tree. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, no. So you're right. It's not just that. There's a bunch of stuff that's going to go along with it that we have to continue figuring out. But we can't figure any of it out by standing still. By not doing it. That's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like there's there's a call to stewardship. Like, there's something that, that's like... And this is what, like, the friction inside of me is that there's an, there's an action-oriented disposition there, but I can't find it. You know, mm. like, like, like a calling. Like, it's a, like a... Like, if you're going to go... You can't just be like, I'm a steward now. You know, like, no, like you have to do something that is, you know, stewardly, you know, like, and so there is some action there. And and that's where I kind of want to jump back to your comment on capitalism. And I think this, I think you might have hit something there in that, you know, the, the idea that we know capitalism more than our faith or more than anything else. I was like, gosh, dang it. I think that's so true. Like capitalism is super ingrained in us and capitalism. I don't believe to be an evil, but it's, it's our presupposition. It's where it's our mode of opera, you know, like we're going to go there first because it's so deeply ingrained in the way that we look at things that it's the lens that we don't realize we're looking through. Right. Right. And that lens is to, how do I get something out of this? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you hear a call to go steward something for God, and your initial response is, how do I get something out of this? There's like an incongruence that's just like, you know, like pulls it to a halt instantly because you're, it doesn't, it, it they don't connect. No, like stewardship and capitalism are, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily opposed, but they're not they're not connected. They're not necessarily opposed to each other, but like they might be parallel to one another where they never actually intersect because the whole concept of stewardship going back to the steward of Gondor, which is literally the only thing that happens in my head anytime I hear the word steward. Uh, but the whole concept of it is that it's not ours. It doesn't belong to us. It's been entrusted to us. And so we've got to be able to kind of make that uh, recognition of what are the things that I have and then what are those things for? Not what I can, not what can I get out of them, mm. but what are they for? Are what are these for? things pointed to? Why mm. do I have them? What is their purpose? And how do I use them for that purpose without consideration of what comes back to me Hmm. how do i use them for that purpose that that i think is the kicker like that's the question right it's not what can i get out of it it's what do i have what is its purpose and how do i use it for that purpose that is a series of questions that i do not ask myself at all (laughs) like it's instantly how can i get something out of this thing that i that i have yeah, and, it, mm. and again, it's not even necessarily at its heart a like negatively selfish concept, 
But it's this idea of, oh, so if I'm using them correctly, there should be some result, something that happens out of it. And to a certain extent, that's true, except for the fact that Jesus tells us to some it's given to plant, to others harvest. Right. And so just because there will be results, but I don't I don't have any guarantee that I get to see them firsthand. Right. And so it 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 comes back to that idea of trust and it's mm. a, it's a pro- stewardship is a process based thing yeah. that we can't really evaluate in terms of results this side of heaven. And to connect that too because my my thought on the stewards is always on the tenants, right? Because they were given something and they multiplied it. Mhm. And but and we always focus on the multiplication, but we don't realize that the the real source of it is is the effort to invest it. You know, like yes. to do something, like he gave you the money. Why didn't you go at the bare minimum? Go do it's it's the it's the effort, not necessarily the result. And so, like God's not asking you to multiply it ten times. He's just asking you to invest to to do the like the work. Investing is the best word that I can think of because of the analogies. But like you're right. Like your job is to invest. You might not reap it. It might go to someone. Like it might go you're part of a body, not an individual, you know, like, Oh, okay. Lots of dots to connect there for me. So if you were going to wrap it up into a life lesson, what would you, uh, what would you pull from it? Well, I think this, uh, for me, all of this stuff kind of comes back to that, like, um, initial awareness mm-hmm. of what have I been entrusted before I can ask the question of what I'm supposed to be doing. I have to have some kind of a, it'll probably be incomplete, but I've got to have some kind of a tally in my head of, you know what? These are the things I have been given. Yeah. These are the things that I'm responsible for. And it's only when I know what those things are that I can start thinking about, okay, cool. If this is what I have, why do I have them? What is the purpose for it? What do I need to be investing it in? Right. And again, going back to that parable of the the, uh, talents, like, again, the guy didn't get in trouble. It wasn't about the talents coming back. He got the talents back Mm -hmm. from the one who buried him. Right. The the parable kind of reads as if, you know what, it would have been better if you had invested in something and it came up busted. Mm -hmm. Like, at least then you did something with it. Right. Um. And so, like, to me, that's where it comes down to is, like, what what are the gifts? Recognizing them as gifts, recognizing that I have them, that way I can start looking for where can I use them? Right. Where can these be invested? Yep. And humility is not denying that you have gifts. Yes. Right? Like The, you, the C.S. Lewis line, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Yeah. So, like. I don't particularly factor into the equation other than the fact that there are things in my hands that should be leaving my hands to do something. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And I was going to go, awareness was exactly the thing that was going for me too, but it, it was more along the lines of, of that incongruence between my, the capitalism mindset and the stewardship mindset. Like I, like we have these, you know, ingrained operating systems and assumptions that don't necessarily connect. Like, we love to believe that America is a Christian nation, but like it, it's not right. It's the world. Yeah. There's some Christianity in there. Yeah. You know, uh, but it's, you can't build your faith on, on the systems that America is like, that's not, right. it's not the same. And so you, you know, 
not realizing that I had those assumptions that I was operating, those operating assumptions is one of the reasons why I think I've been struggling so hard to understand a selfless calling because I was using a selfish tool to process it or looking through a selfish lens. And, and so like, it just wasn't connecting at all. And so really getting those, those operating assumptions out and aired out and, and the really, the only way to do it is to talk, talk through them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't engage in these things and interact and hear these different thoughts, like those assumptions aren't going to come out there. You're just going to hear them and reinforce them over and over again. So, um, like I was on a sports analogy and you brought in a capitalism, you know, comparison, like that's how, that's how it works, you know? So, yep. um, so yeah, speaking of capitalism, we would love to sell you some coffee, <laughs> <laughs> but the, hey. I, I, it is what it is, you know, but yeah, again, not opposed to one another. <laughs> not, opposed. not opposed. Just because I'm saying capitalism is not the way to understand faith does not mean I'm saying capitalism evil. <laughs> Just, you know. It's what it is. But it's in its proper place. That, exactly right. And that place is to support meaningful conversations. And that's how we that's how we do that. So uh, hop on that website, order a couple bags of coffee. I'd love to roast a fresh, ship it to you. Uh, you got anything else on your brain there, man? Nah, man, I'm good. Happy uh, Easter, everybody. Yes, happy Easter. Uh, All right, with that, we will say adieu.